0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc.
1: It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on cookingnet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Gerassi,
2: company whose primary function is training and development. Occasionally, he even conducts um, employment searches. So, John has spent more than 20 years of his career with the New York Times, and um, at the New York Times. That's the famous newspaper, if that's what you want to call it. He held various administrative, marketing, and managerial positions in advertising, manufacturing, and employee relations. So with that, I would like to introduce you to a great friend of mine who is just um, an incredible businessman and who's going to be able to Pay it forward with lots of helpful business tips today. So, with that, I'd like to introduce you to John LaRosa. Good morning, John.
0: Good morning, Josephine. Thank you so
2: much for taking time to be with us today on Paying It Forward. Not at all. So, John, I just gave a quick brief introduction on you, and I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started in business. Um, I know you worked at the New York Times for many years, and I'm just curious, how did you make that transition to leave such a safe haven and go out on your own and start a new company? So I'll pass it over to you, John, to tell us all your good stuff.
0: Well, well, Josephine, after working uh, for 23 years at the New York Times, I decided that I was a little bit tired of going to the same place every single day, and I wanted to do something different. While I was at the New York Times, uh, the New York Times was a great training ground, and, and, and I became a trainer at the New York Times. So that I was presenting uh, seminars while I was working at the New York Times, but it afforded me the opportunity to sort of package what I've learned at the New York Times and to take it on my own uh, as an independent. I started a company called Successful Office Skills, and I developed uh, various uh, uh, employee enhancement programs uh, that I thought would go over well in uh, business industry and government. Uh, uh, Some of the programs that I developed carry the titles business writing skills, communication skills, sales training, supervisory managerial skills, customer service programs, and in, in each one of those programs, I had a, I developed a workbook that gave me the opportunity to spend a day or two with various people. I started to do, uh, it, it was difficult in the beginning because uh, launching a, a business on my own was something that I never expected and never thought of doing growing up. So that when I got started, uh, I really didn't have too much work until I attached myself or or got in touch with a company called the Controlled Data Organization. And they had a training company and and I started to do some work for 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 controlled data as a seminar presenter using my own materials. Uh, well I love
2: the fact, John, that you went and you developed your own material and then you were able to you know offer your own expertise to the company, and I really believe that's how, that's the story of how you became so successful, was that you were using your own stuff.
0: Now, what, what ha- the way I developed my own materials, uh, Josephine, was such that I took a look at my own career, and I looked at what people, what I thought people needed to be developed in, and, and you know, it, it started with communication skills. I could see that people didn't write well in business. Uh-huh. I could see that people didn't communicate well. So I did the research on those programs, and that started me to develop other programs like supervisory managerial skills, sales training, and marketing skills. Uh, and, and, and there were some other, other programs as well. Uh, but the whole idea was to take a look back at what I had learned of the New York Times and what I thought might be lacking in in in, in other people's careers, and uh, I was able to uh, market a few uh, programs on my own after having been attached to the Control Data Company. For example, uh, when we did public we did public seminars for Control Data, and people from various companies would attend. But mm-hmm. one of the nice things that happened to me was while I was doing a uh, uh, a business writing skills program. One of the attendees came from the IBM Corporation, and to make a long story short, what she did was she took me home with her. Uh, she took me to IBM to do in-house programs. Oh, great! Same thing happened to me with the United States Navy. Uh, well, one of the one of the uh, attendees was an administrative assistant who worked in the United States Naval Ships Parts Center in Mechanicsburg. Pennsylvania, and uh, I went down there to do some training programs, uh, on, on, pretty much on my own, uh, you know, one one person show. Yeah, I got a big break when uh, I got involved in the financial services industries, and I and I started to do some work for a company called Pershing, which is a clearing and execution house. and and, and first in in lower Manhattan and then the company moved to New Jersey and I'd been with purging for more than 15 years and and that's sort of unheard of in in training and development business. You usually don't stay with a company that long, but I stayed with that company for uh, many years and, and besides working with them, I always had other things to do.
2: Yeah, well, John, you know what it is? I think you were probably there because... I mean, as a student of yours many years ago, I just remember everything that you had taught me, and I'll tell you, John, I still use all those skills. I mean, getting right out of school with my MBA, I mean, you think you know everything until I (laughs) was introduced to you, and all of a sudden, it's almost like you fine-tuned my ear where I hear things so differently. I can hear if somebody, you know, mispronounces a word or uses improper English. And you really have this incredible knack as a teacher, as a professional, to teach your students that, you know what, you will be so much more polished. If you can speak proper English, and to me it was just so amazing that you can have CEOs of really big companies, you know, doing press um, calls on TV, and they would be using improper English.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I hear a lot of that from from former students, and it's nice of you to uh, recall that situation, Josephine. I do remember having you as a student, uh, I should say as as an excellent student, uh, (laughs) while you were at... uh, the uh, Pershing organization. Uh, I, from time to time, I get uh, uh, email and telephone calls from former students because uh, one of the things that I I think has helped me in my work is that I tell my uh, students or my participants that uh, I uh, stay available to them for forever. Uh, They get my phone number, they get my email address, and they're in touch with me with various kinds of questions or, or problems that they run into uh, during the workday. So, so I have this kind of uh, following from my my students, and uh, it seems to uh, work work well. Other uh, because of because of uh, the work that I do, I was contacted by uh, Baruch College to work in their uh, continuing education program, and I. Been doing some work for them for many years uh, as an adjunct professor, and uh, at the same time I do some adjunct work for the Fashion Institute of Technology, wow. where I do various programs uh, uh, that talk to uh, uh, effective communications. Uh, yeah,
2: I love the fact, John, that number one, you pay it forward through your knowledge by being a teacher. Like it's just. It's great that you're able to take all that knowledge that you acquired over the years and you can pass that forward to all of your students that, like myself, they're using what they learned from you years and years later. I was able to apply all that knowledge that you helped me with. Um, I was just starting out with business. I can remember sitting down with you and doing our first, my first big presentation.
0: Yeah, I do remember that too. It
2: was a huge hit, and I have you to contribute that, to. But I apply those skills that you taught me in my everyday business, you know, with my Glovius product. When I have to go and give a pitch, I always go back to those fundamental skills that you had taught me, how it, it's so important to get your facts down, to get your intro, to get your body, to get your ending, mm-hmm. and, you know, to put your stuff on your little um, cards. And um, <laughs> that was just
0: yeah, you. See, it, I remember it really everything. reminds me of, of, of some of the things that uh, that were in my program. It's, it's, it's nice to hear that you still um, apply those skills. You know The thing about, about my work is such uh, Josephine that I, I, I tell this to people all the time. I could never have done what I did independently if it were not for my years at the New York Times. Uh, oh, wow. What happened at the New York Times, without my realizing it, is that I learned so much. I learned so much, and then I was able to package what I learned and transfer it or share it with other people who, who were interested in, in enhancing or improving their careers. I worked for an, uh, several individuals at the New York Times from whom I learned uh, so much. uh, Oh, I think,
2: yeah, I think it's wonderful. John, we're just getting ready to come up to a break, but I would like to talk more about, you know, the things that you did learn at the New York Times and how you apply that to SOS. Okay. We'll be back shortly. Thanks, John.
0: Okay. (laughs)
1: right back with more paying it forward with josephine jirassi right after these on togynet.com critical thinking in the real world what does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us critical thinking in the real world with Janet hens wednesdays at 1 p.m central on Toginet. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join the Soul Sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to instruct Inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, fairytale wishes com. And for Diana, the next big zine.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Clickman and Diana Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central, part of Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back to Paying It Forward. We have John LaRosa from SOS
2: successful office skills and John we were just talking about how you had learned so much at the New York Times and how you were able to apply it to your new business SOS well your new business at the time and um, John it's just so amazing to me how you were able to, to take all of your business skills that you acquired over 23 years at the New York Times and I love the way that you were able to figure out a need out there, to figure out what other companies really needed to improve their business skills and how you went out and you more or less invented your own systems from scratch and you were able to teach other people how to become better, more successful business professionals. So. Um, do you want to tell us a little more about any specifics that you felt that well, you were well, able to
0: to learn? Yeah, well, you know, I should start with my career at the New York Times. You have to understand the newspaper business to some degree. It is a very departmentalized kind of organization. It's almost like you're involved with separate companies when you're in several departments. And, and, and as you mentioned earlier, I started in advertising so I got some advertising and marketing experience there. Then I went into the production area and I got some production experience there. And at the same time, I also got involved with uh, a union negotiations. So I was able to develop negotiation skills there. And then finally, I went to a different department called human resources where I did some training and I also did some hiring. So you can see that, Having worked in one company was like working for three different companies or in three different disciplines. So my experience was very varied, and that helped me a lot. But in each of those disciplines, I noticed that I needed to learn or develop different kinds of skills. So that when I went out on my own, I thought, well, the skills that I learned in those Various disciplines would be helpful to people in other disciplines because when we started to develop programs, as I mentioned earlier, we started to do public seminars. So that that meant that you enrolled people from various industries who worked in various disciplines. So the programs that I developed had to be somewhat generic, Okay. but what I tried to do was make them specific to a specific, to a To an individual's industry, so that he could, several people could take the same skills that I was developing and transferring back home with them. So that's, that, that's what the New York Times did for me. I mentioned earlier, I could never, never have gone out on my own if it were not for my experience at the New York Times. As I moved into the, what I would then started to call the corporate training business, for the most Mm -hmm. part, i um i uh uh developed other programs besides the communication skills programs one of the big programs that we had to develop was called a uh customer service program because people became so customer service oriented and and uh in each case i did my own research and i did and I, and i wrote my own uh programs so that uh the programs that I wrote were based on what I thought people needed, okay? It was as though uh, I put myself in other people's positions and tried to uh, uh, share ideas, information, and feelings with individuals. Now, my programs, the programs that I developed were, for the most part, uh, they included group dynamics. Uh, uh, uh,
2: group dynamics. So what yeah. is that, John? Maybe uh, that you can
0: was, explain you know, that. Group dynamics was such that instead of being a stand-up trainer doing lecturing all the time, what I tried to do was get people to to work in groups by by giving, sharing certain situations with them sharing mm-hmm. certain problems with them and having them develop the programs in groups, and then have my groups um, share their ideas, their information, and their feelings as to how to solve problems, as to how to market new products, as to how to advertise products, and, of course, how to do what we called oral presentations. I think you were part of those kinds of programs where we where we, we, we had people write uh, presentations and deliver them and, and videotape them.
2: Yeah, John, so, I think that the whole presentation is just, it's just so crucial and so important because we're constantly selling ourselves, our product, our business, and it's amazing with how everything has changed as far as social media. It is just so crucial and so important to be able to present yourself in the proper way. And with SOS, your business, um, I think you've done an incredible job where you've helped people, you know, sometimes even appear much bigger than they really are on a professional level, which, you know, which is great. So even if you are a sole entrepreneur and you're the only person in your company, I love the fact that I can remember you helping me with some business letters at the time in the very beginning and... How somehow, some way you had the magic touch that it was always things always looked bigger than they really were. And it's not so much bigger than they really were, but it just had that polished edge to it, which is so crucial and so important.
0: Yeah, because Josephine, you, you, you talk about things being bigger than what they really are, but what SOS focused on in many instances were the small things. For example, right. When we did a writing skills program, a business writing skills program, uh, most people come to a writing skills program thinking that, well, I'm going to teach them new words, new language. I'm going to teach them how to present a letter. But you couldn't do that unless you knew the mechanics of writing. Sometimes when I presented that term mechanics of writing, students didn't even know what I was talking about. But basically I was talking about grammar and punctuation. Right. So we had to teach grammar and punctuation in the writing skills before we could teach people how to uh, uh, develop a document or produce a document, whether it be a business letter, a memo, a report, an email. So we had to do some of the little things as well. In sales training, for example, there's a definite procedure, there's a definite process for sales that I used to share with my students and many times I had people who'd been in sales for many years and never heard of the formal sales procedure, uh, which went something like uh, uh, develop your opening remarks with an an an, an initial benefit statement, uh, uh, field the objections uh, that a prospect might have uh, through benefits and features, and then teach people how to close a sale. There was a definite process involved in some of the things that, that I was doing. And once I got people to learn the process, mm-hmm. then they can pivot from that and do the things uh, that were appropriate to the specific discipline in which they worked. So, yeah, yeah,
2: I think you're so right, John, because I remember sitting in that class with you, even, you know, the sales training program yeah. where, mm-hmm. you know, I was i Pro selling ProCash Plus. Do you remember that, John? Yes,
0: yes. Uh, <laughs> so absolutely. Funny. And I remember you did a nice presentation to to, to the, uh, you did a presentation, as I remember, to the executive staff. Yeah. Uh, I had went over so very much, nicely. Yeah.
2: I had so <laughs> much fun with that, John. But the mm. thing was, it wasn't just me in that class. There were so many people selling different financial products. Yeah. And um, but your way of teaching it, like you said, there is a method to the madness. You just have to get the sales training process down and apply it to whatever you're trying to sell.
0: Yeah, it, 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 the the material works in any discipline is, is the way I try to do it because you know you can't be all things to all people. But if you can share information that is basic and has a simple process. Uh, uh, people learn the process and then from the process they're able to pivot into their technical expertise, so to speak.
2: Uh, so John, I couldn't teach remember, technical
0: yeah. skills, but I could teach uh-huh. the process.
2: Yeah, but it's funny because I can remember one of the smartest things that I learned from you was in that class you said it doesn't matter how much you talk to your client and what a good job you do, you always have to ask for the sale come oh, yeah, right now and right. and ask for the sale because that's the whole purpose of the whole process yeah. here so you can yeah. you know schmooze with your clients as much as you want but the most important thing is just go for it and say you know what okay are you ready to buy my product should i send yeah. you the invoice and <laughs> without asking for that sale it doesn't happen so closing so the door you gotta sale,
0: ask for the order right you know I, and 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 and, and it holds true in a lot of things that you do, you know. Uh, I tried to share with people uh, uh, in sales training that sales is ever-present. I mean, many times if you're going for a promotion on a job, you're going for an interview, sales are involved. So if you're looking for a job or a promotion, you have to ask for the order or you have to ask for the job. So yeah. so, so it works. But I can't tell you how many sales are lost because people don't know how to ask for the order. And you were right. You used, you actually used one of the, one of the, um, systems that I shared with you, uh, on how to ask for the order. Should I send you the invoice? That was one of the ways that we, that I taught you how to ask for the order. So, uh, uh, other things that, that, that come from the sales training were, uh, marketing skills. And we talked about all the are you there, Josephine?
2: I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay. My what computer's is there, beeping is over here.
0: Okay. One of the things that that came out of the Sales program is we spoke about marketing skills and we talked about all the ways in which it was appropriate to market a product or service and you know, we went into things like uh, direct mail, face to face, uh group selling and and, and and so many other types of, of uh ways in which to uh, which to uh, market a product. And then, of course, we had to follow it up with the uh, uh, personal selling or the or the oral presentation. But anyway...
2: Uh, yeah, John, you know what? We're going to come up to um, a quick break. But when mm-hmm. we come back, I'd like to talk more about, you know, how we can close that deal and maybe talk a little more about marketing.
0: Okay, very well. So very we'll, we'll
2: be back shortly. Thanks,
0: John. Okay.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi right after these on toginet.com It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central part of the Her Insight Network Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girassi on Togenet.com.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine Jirassi, and I have John LaRosa from SOS, Successful Office Skills. And, John, we were just talking about the sales process, and mm-hmm. I was just curious. Maybe you can give us some tips for, you know, business people, business owners out there that have to go out and do the sales. So we talked about some of the things that we should do when we're selling. How about some of the things that we should not do when we go out for sale?
0: First First thing you need to remember in selling is the most difficult thing is getting the appointment. Okay. Now, you have to know your client base to see what the best way would be to get the appointment. Usually, usually it's done on the telephone. Okay? Usually it's a telephone call. But with today with the advent of the email and everything else, we have to figure out, the best way to get the... Because without the appointment, then there is no sale. There's no getting the sale. Isn't that true? Absolutely. You have to figure out how how you're going to get the appointment. You have to determine what system you're going to use. Now, depending on your industry, you have to know what the client's hot buttons are, so to speak. What turns him or her on? If it's if it's if it's such a thing if, if if a business letter is negative or if it's not something that would turn the customer on or the prospect on then you don't want to use a business letter. So you have to try to figure out what the best way is to get an, an appointment. And and there are several ways to do it, okay? Uh, okay. You, know, you, you sometimes you run an ad. Advertising is a way to get an appointment. You generate some interest that way. Uh You can generate some interest through a system called telemarketing. That's not a dead system anymore. People get on the phone and sell products. There's something called direct mail, uh, uh, very big in the the industry. Uh, uh, There's something called personal selling, or a term that people don't like, cold calling, just showing up. Then, of course, there's the Internet and word of mouth. Those, those are the ways in which you can get people to give you an appointment. Now, once you get the appointment, once you get the appointment, you just don't show up and you just don't wing it.
2: Yeah. All you know John? You're so right about that. I have to tell you something that I learned from another entrepreneur who was trying to get a product in Macy's.
1: Mm-hmm. And what
2: they did was, Oh, you know, um, it was actually somebody who was a guest on Paying It Forward. Cool. She's the woman who um, created the subway map, um, the T-shirt. And oh. she had said she was brand new in the industry. She was never an entrepreneur before, but she really wanted to get her product into Macy's. And mm-hmm. she was so brilliant. So she got the interview. She got the, her foot in the door. But what she did was she ended up taking one of her neighbor's, who had tons and tons of experience in the industry and who could talk the talk uh-huh. with her on that yeah. interview. And I'll tell you, she got, she closed the deal. And her yeah. t-shirts were selling there in ACES, which I think is so important. I never would have thought about that, that it's so okay. important that if you have a friend or a friend of a friend that can come and help you with your yeah. initial sales calls, it's not such a bad idea. It's, so. fu-
0: it's a funny thing that you should mention that because I had a client, uh, it was a big publishing client, uh, Harcourt Brace Ivanovich. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were selling a product, uh, a training product, that had to do with uh, video work. And they had young people... Uh, selling the product, and the young people who were selling the product didn't have a lot of sales experience, what they would do was bring me along, a person who'd been involved in training for many years, and call me the consultant. And basically oh, what, had, what would happen is uh, uh, the, the, the young salesperson would uh, introduce the product and then, of course, introduce me as the consultant, and I would, in, in effect, do the sales presentation and talk about the features and benefits of the product. So this is an excellent idea to bring someone who is, especially when, when you're not so technically sound and the other individual has all of the technical skills. Okay? Yeah. I mean, the things, the things that we need to be skilled, you know, in, in, any, in any job, uh, uh, Josephine, or any responsibility, there are five basic job functions that people need to be skillful at in order to do well. The five basic job functions, you may remember these, are called communications. We need to be able to speak well. We need to be able to write well. We need to be able to listen well. And, of course, we need to be even be able to do our research by reading well. Once once we're proficient in communications, we have to be proficient in organizational skills. Now, organizational skills talk to other subjects not, not 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 like keeping a nice nice desk and keeping your files in order. That's not what I'm talking about when I talk about organizational skills. I'm talking about meeting deadlines and coming to closure. Right?
2: Yeah, and follow up, right, John?
0: Yeah. No, that's I mean, organizational that's, skills.
2: Yeah. Right?
0: And then the other job function is called motivation. Your work habits have to be excellent. Okay? Uh uh
2: Give us an example, John, of some work habits you're thinking for motivation. Well,
0: I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a good example. Do you come to work on time, or do you come to work early so you can start on time? Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, do 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 you do you uh, do you keep it to, to uh, stick stick to your to do list? Okay. You have a to do list to begin with. You know what you have to do during the day in the order in which you need to do them? Those are good work habits. Do you have a good appearance? Now, you know, when I talk about appearance, I'm talking about an appropriate appearance, something appropriate to the industry. For example, if you're working in high fashion, you want to look very fashionable. On the other hand, if you're working in an industry that seems to be casual, like a travel or maybe boating or something like that, maybe you want to look casual. You want to look appropriate. Uh, the, other, the most important skill, though, to me in work I have are is, is listening skills.
2: John, I'm uh, laughing because as I shoot my little children off on the school bus, every single morning I say to them, remember, listening is learning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, listening. You know, you know think, of, think about it. When we go to school, they teach us how to speak, they teach us how to write, they teach us how to read. They never really teach us how to listen.
2: I know, and it's such an important part of learning. I it's, agree with you, John.
0: It's what we do the most in business. We, it's the least taught and the most used. So, so listening skills become very, very important. People don't, don't even realize uh, that they could improve their listening skills. I mean, I will share with you right now two very important listening skills. Okay. The first one is taking notes, writing things down.
2: John, Write it seems down. like, yeah, it seems so easy, but I also remember that was part of one of your programs where yes. you actually taught us how to take proper notes. Yes. And
0: That's you're right. so right. Yes. I'm
2: telling you, John, I remember everything. It was a long time ago, but... Everything it's just so applicable
0: yeah. to business. You need to you need to be able to write things down because you said listening is learning, right? But if 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 if, if you take notes, it lends itself to a, a concept called multisensory learning. In other words, the more sensors that you use in an attempt to internalize information, the easier it's going to be for you so that if you're, you're taking notes, you're using three of your five senses. You're using your sense of touch, vision, and hearing. That's multisensory learning.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, but John, do you have some tricks or tips that you could teach us about how to take notes
0: better? Well, but one of the things I would tell people is to, to develop their own shorthand skill. I mean, many times you can write, you can write things down without using vowels. Okay. It's a shorthand skill, okay. Mm-hmm. But you need to learn shorthand skills when you're taking notes because you can't write as fast as someone is speaking, and you don't want to be so involved like you look like you're taking notes, like you look like you're taking notes. But it's important. You can't remember everything. You, right. uh, uh, you, you need to be able to write things down. So those tips are: learn a good shorthand system. Don't go for details, go for concepts. You can get the details later. Details, facts, figures, that kind of thing. But go for concepts. In other words, find out what they like. Find out what they're where, where they're going with their concepts. Those are the things you need to do. The other thing the other thing I want to tell you is that people people are not aware of how 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 how, a good, how, how an effective listener they could be. For example, as I speak with you, Josephine, right now, I could tell you that I am speaking about 125 words per minute, and I, I know that because I sort of trained myself to speak at that rate. Now, how many words a minute do you think you can process? How many words a minute do you think you can listen to? I don't
2: know,
0: John. It's a vast number. Oh. It's somewhere between 600 and 900 words per minute. Wow. For instance, I could speak to you at 200 words per minute, but you don't understand what I'm saying. What you really I know.
2: Do? Right? <laughs> we have some friends like that that I have to train my ear just to yeah. almost understand what they're saying. Like I have to replay it in my mind what they just said.
0: You know, but, but the, fact, yeah. you know, the fact is you could do a lot. Now, the difference between what the rate of spe- speech is and the listening rate is called thought time. So here's, here's the tips that I want to give you. You can do things while someone is speaking because you can listen to six to nine hundred words per minute. So you could start to formulate questions in your mind. You could summarize what the speaker is saying. You can compare what you already know to what the speaker is saying. You can do all those things. So those are just two listening tips that I would share with you. One of them is taking notes and the other is taking advantage of thought time, the difference between rate of speech and your capability of listening. So so listening becomes a key skill uh, in any discipline but here again it's never taught or it's hardly ever taught. So I did have a program that that, uh, uh, I called Effective Listening Skills and I I have to tell you sadly, sadly it's a program. That didn't sell as well as some of my other programs.
2: And meanwhile, John, I think that that was probably one of the most important things because you know, in, in
0: my mind, it was. It was in my yeah. Mind. We had a we had a one day seminar called effective listening. Oh, we did it for you. I did it at Pershing when you worked at Pershing because those people understood the need. Or yeah. Or I, I was think able that's to great. get them to understand the need. Well, John, we're going to
2: take a quick break, and we're going to talk about maybe some other programs that you came up with. So we'll be back shortly. Thank you, everyone.
1: Okay. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi, right after these on toginet.com. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. And the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on TogiNet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays.
2: This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you
1: to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion savvy, and earth friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing
2: i'm speaking from experience i live on a beautiful farm where i take care of sheep and
0: do a few light farm chores for extremely low
1: rent for more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not go to the frugalitarian.com join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with jody olson it's the frugalitarian wednesdays at 3 p.m central on togynet.com green halloween to tips tricks ideas and projects for every holiday you'll love celebrate green you can check them out online too at celebrategreen.net and greenhalloween.org for more information. The newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras and so much more. So get ready to celebrate green. The radio show with Lynn and Corey Wednesdays at noon Central Time starting November 4th on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying it Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girassi on toginet.com.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine, and we are on our final segment of Paying It Forward for this week. Before we um, get back to John LaRosa from SOS, Um, I would like to wish all the moms out there a very, very happy Mother's Day for Sunday. Um, As a mom of three little kids, I'll tell you, it warms my heart to be a mother, and um, it's just such a special, special job, and um, I just want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day out there. So back to John. John, we're on our last segment, and I feel like I have 101 questions for you. Mm -hmm. So... What I'd like to do is I'd like to take those four areas of expertise that you got from the New York Times, advertising, marketing, negotiation, skills, and human resources. And mm-hmm. I thought I would love for you to be able to give us like your best tip in each of those areas. Okay. So best. In advertising, what do you think somebody out there, like what's the best piece of advice you can give us for advertising?
0: Well, the, the the best piece of advertising that I could give you is to find the right medium, okay, That's to begin with. Okay, so you you need to know your you need to know your um, your publications, your 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 uh, media uh, sources. Is is it going to be print? Is it going to be radio? Is it going to be TV? Is it going to be the internet? That's the first decision you have to make. Then you need to come. With the copy, the, the the what I call the I B S, the initial benefit statement. Okay, that okay. has to be attractive in the ad. That's how, that's the thing that's going to pull people. Okay, the ad also should include, you know, you know, depending on how much you could spend, it also needs to include. Features and benefits of the product or service. It's just like a sales presentation, Joseph.
2: You're so right. And you know what? It seems like common sense, but I have to tell you, when you're so involved with it, I know when I'm involved in my Glovius product, what Mm -hmm. seems so obvious, sometimes you just overlook. So you're so right. That benefit statement is crucial, and it has to be short, sweet, and right up front.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, it has to, it has to catch the person's eye. Okay. I mean, an ad could be a sales presentation as far as I'm concerned. So it has no, an initial benefit statement that has the features and benefits. They have to be you have to be careful between features and benefits. A feature yeah, just introduces the product. Okay.
2: Feature introduces the product. All right. That sounds good, John.
0: The benefit answers the question, what's in it for me? So for example, I might say to you, you know, you might you might see in an ad, let's say we're talking about a car ad. Say the car has power windows. That's a feature. That doesn't mean anything to anybody. But if you say power windows add to your resale value are more convenient and safer, that means something. Yeah. So feature introduces the benefit, the benefit answers the question, what's in it for me? Okay. And then what do you do in a, in a sales where you have to close? You have to get people to buy the product or call for the appointment. Whatever you whatever you want to happen in the ad comes next. Sign here and I'll send you this. or will call this number and and, 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 and and we'll explain further. So think about it that way. Oh, the ad great. is a sales presentation. Okay. Initial so benefit statement features and benefits closed. Perfect. Find all the right, right
2: medium. I love it. That's great. And that's takeaway advice for our listeners out there. I'm sure they love it as much as I do. So, John, tell me about marketing. What do you think about your well, best piece of advice for marketing?
0: Okay. Marketing. First of all, there are several ways to market a product. Let's let's start let's just go over some of them. Advertising is one way to market a product. We just went over that. Right. You could market a product on the telephone. You 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 know what you know what kind of an industry telemarketing is? It's millions and millions of dollar industry. You could market a product through the mail, something called direct mail, which I think a lot of people are overlooking these days because of email. Or you could market a product using electronic mail. You could market a product doing personal selling. What do I mean by personal selling? You show up, show up with your uh, where, or use the internet or word of mouth. Those are the ways in which you can market a product. Now you have to decide what's going to be the best way. What's, what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck? There are lists for everything you want to sell. Many times you have to purchase a list. The list, of course, is prospects and there are thousands of list companies. You have to research the list companies to find which list company you think can give you the best list of prospects for your product or service. Now, once again, you have to develop copy. You know, if you're going to use email or direct mail or, or telemarketing, scripts work. I mean, you can't go... Let's say you want to sell your product on a telephone to someone, Josephine. Right. You just don't dial dial the number and make a call and, and, and start winging it. You have to have a script. And you have to learn that script. And so beforehand, you practice it. And in addition to that, when you're marketing a product, you have to anticipate what we call objections or resistance points. You have to put yourself in the prospect's place. So you have to determine what do you think they might object to. And you hope that they come with that objection because you should have the answer in your back pocket. And usually you respond to... Objections or resistance points with features and benefits.
2: Yeah, see, so, I love that, John. And you know what? Nowadays, with virtual assistants, it's great if somebody wants to outsource even the initial phone calls. Oh yeah. That they can also use their speech, their, um, that they come up with, and you have your your list of features and benefits. And you could lay all of this out for the virtual assistant. And as yeah. a business owner, you don't have to make the initial phone call. That
0: virtual and so assistant, good at it.
2: Yeah, they can actually so do that, it. and then get, get the call. You know, you get the call you, for you you. you. you
0: give them the you give them the initial benefit statement. You give them the features and benefits. You give them the closing technique, and they'll package the whole script because they are so good at it. This is their business, and you know, outsourcing. Sometimes people think it's expensive, but it probably less expensive, and, and there's a payoff to it. But, but, you know, marketing is key. I mean, uh, it's key to any industry. Yeah. And, and how you do it is important. And there yeah, are so many ways you can do it, Josephine. Yeah,
2: and you're so right. And you know what somebody recently said to me, and it's so true, is that it doesn't matter how good your product is. You can have the best product on the face of the earth. If you don't market it and nobody knows it exists, it's good for
0: nothing. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's so, true. So, John, we're
2: we're moving along quickly here. I feel <laughs> like I need two more hours with you. So <laughs> we'll we'll move on with um, negotiation skills, John.
0: Well, okay. I mean, negotiation skills are depending on, on on what you negotiate. You know, you know, a sale in, in effect is a negotiation, right? Correct. But but in negotiation skills. The biggest, the biggest problem people have when they're negotiating is that they don't, they don't do their homework. Okay. Uh, I mean, most of the time, negotiation is done face-to-face, uh, sometimes on the telephone, but usually it's done face-to-face. But information is key. Information is key when you are negotiating. And the other thing that becomes key is listening. Let the other person do the talking. You listen when you're in a negotiation, uh, but you have to have to know your material. You have to know your subject. You can't go into a negotiation being short on information. That's as much as I can tell you about that. Yeah,
2: Yeah, so important to do your research. Do your homework.
0: Do your homework. Right. Find out as much as you can about the other individual. Know, ways to find out things about people. Right? Yeah. Find out as much as you can about that individual. Uh and 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 realize when you are in a negotiation. So you know not all negotiations are formal. Many times they're just conversational. You have to realize when you're in a negotiation. And 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 and, and you know it's nothing more than an argument. And I equate it to selling.
2: Yeah, it's so so important.
0: Yeah, it, 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 I, I do equate it to uh, selling. And 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 if you if you if you find yourself in a serious negotiation, you know, it's it's a disagreement most of the time. but. You, you don't have to come off as being disagreeable. Sure. So you could disagree, but don't be disagreeable. Uh, manners are important. Uh, professionalism is important. Okay. But more than anything, is you have to do your homework. You have to do the research.
2: Yeah, that,
0: I think that's, that's great. Not so as much as.
2: Yeah, that's wonderful advice as far as negotiating, Phil. You definitely have to do your homework. So, John, we have less than a minute left to our paying it forward um, this week. And um, do you want to give us one last business tip? What's your favorite business tip that you like to share with people?
0: Well, you know, there are so many, it's hard to pick out one. But but, when I tell you, when you're talking about moving a business forward, it all starts with, marketing. Okay. you have to find the right marketing method, the right marketing technique and the right communications when I'm talking I'm talking about language okay. uh, Marketing is as you know is needs oriented okay. So you have to develop or identify the need and then find a way to satisfy that need. You're doing that Perfect. with your glove situation. You found wonderful. You're, well, you're,
2: that's great, John. I just want to thank you so much for me being my guest, and I hope you'll be back um, sharing other business tips with us on paying it forward.
0: Well, well thank you, so you for having me, Josephine. It was a nice experience for me.
1: Thanks, John, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Each week we'll be discussing.